Welcome everyone to a very special episode of Hellhounds of Horror. We're joined today by the star of such movies as Wrong Turn 6, uh, Blood Feast, new movie Clown Fear, and also Megan, which is now on Vimeo to rent, Miss Sadie Katz. Thank you for joining us today, Sadie. Uh, thank you for having me. I didn't have anywhere else to be, but I'm, I'm glad to be here with you guys. <laughs> Great. Glad to have you. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a true privilege. We're, we're, we're happy to have you on. So, of course, everyone's going through the, the COVID uh, 19 crisis so we're all uh we're all isolated at home so um i think a good way to start would be what are some things that you're doing at home to sort of keep motivated and keep on with that sort of daily routine um well you know what it's really crazy because this morning i actually did yoga that was cool and i'm going to when i stop reading the news for a half hour straight i'm going to start writing again but i think the overall shock at first has been just like my fiance's in the business so he's like our work both of our work is done right now for now we're supposed to do a play so um now i'm doing things like cross stitching drinking wine cooking <laughs> uh, staring at the wall and being like is this is this i could do 15 days but now i think it's gonna be we're hearing in california it might be four to six weeks to eight weeks. Wow. So I think like accepting that is like, this is the new reality is the biggest, I don't know for anyone else, but that's like my biggest challenge of like, okay, I can do this, but what does that feel like? And how sick are people going to get, you know, locked up? I went to, we went to Disneyland like the day before it closed. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, it's kind of like that iffy time when you didn't really know how serious it was. And then while at Disneyland, like, oh my God, oh my God, they're closing the bars. Oh my God, they're closing the restaurants. Oh my, so it was like every half hour, it was getting worse oh, and worse. Wow. That was, you know, it was pretty fun. Otherwise, because we just got to walk on the rides, but it was kind of while you're at Disneyland realizing like, Oh, we may be the last people at Disneyland for a while. I, I can't even begin to imagine how that must be, honestly. Um, what, what was it, what was it like there? Was it was it just dead? Like no, well it was. Or was it, or was it like a regular day? But it was dead. There was like literally, we just walked onto rides, five minute wait, and so I mean I love Disneyland, so that was really cool. There was kind of like an excitement, like we we waited. I think five minutes for Space Mountain. Wow. The dopest coaster ever. So, and we went on Pirates like twice. We just ran on it. We were like kids. Like, <laughs> there's no like running and everything was wet. So I didn't, I felt like it was getting washed away, but you, people weren't like being really in your space. Right. You know, like people were aware of that. And then at the end of the night, they had fireworks and like a big light show. And people were dancing on Main Street, but they seemed to be really dancing a lot. Like everyone was trying to feel good. And like, so that I kind of teared up. I was feeling it for sure. And Haunted Mansion was closed. Which, oh, it was? Oh, man. I know, man. right? Yeah, we were super bummed. Because the last time I went, they had it with Nightmare Before uh, Christmas, which I don't like when they do that. The Haunted Mansion is. Yeah. 
the haunted mansion is is perfect just the way it is I, yeah i never i never knew they did that is that is, that must be a california yeah thing. they do it in, during christmas they do ah, then, right, right, right. so they kind of redecorate it and do some things in theme but it's not as cool as the original nah that, that doesn't sound as cool the, the original haunted mansion is just fantastic it's so rad yeah <laughs> Now that it's the sort of reality that we're living in a sort of modern day horror movie, almost. You yourself have done quite a few horror movies. One particular one uh, I wanted to sort of bring to attention is Wrong Turn 6, The Last Resort, where you play the, the, the sister, which I believe is a prequel to the, uh, to the Wrong yeah. Turn series in a way. Like actually sets up who they are and redoes the mythology of Wrong Turn, yeah. What were your experiences like filming that? Like, what was that to, how was that to film? It was actually one of the best experiences of my life um, because it's a 20th Century Fox film, so there's a lot of money in it, but it was also in Bulgaria, and that was my first time filming out of the country. Um, and I was going to Bulgaria, so it seemed like, it seemed like a really twisted, really weird fairy tale of like, <laughs> Me getting on a plane, they picked me up, you know, I got a limo at the airport, to the airport, they picked me up, and then I had to get by myself to, like, we went to Istanbul, was, like, my layover, and then, like, Bulgaria, the, you know, the the language, you can't read any signs, so right. it's very... You know, but I had someone waiting there for me and they were really organized and I stayed at a really fancy hotel and then went on the set, you know, a four and a half million dollar film in Bulgaria in Bulgaria is like a huge budget film. So all of a sudden I'm getting to be like a lead in the film with, you know, a hundred crew and at this exotic location and there is something really magical and fun and it was also really empowering because was the antagonist so like i i had to find like my big girl boots because it was a big part for me and i knew it was a break and i couldn't like playing sally i could have vulnerable moments but asked had to go up against three finger and the big baddies and who had already been in every one of the wrong terms so i had a lot of like like pumping myself up and like <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go over there and get in their face and do these crazy I mean these like insane sex scenes that are like in the middle of the snow like you're supposed yeah. to have a closed set and you go to the producer Jeff I'm like where's the closed set and he goes we're in the middle of the woods Sadie like what, what <laughs> you know a hundred extras and a hundred crew and everyone's in all these you know trees with the lights and stuff and i'm just like and the crew doesn't speak english so oh, wow. i mean they're, they're some of them are you know it's, it's broken english some good but my director um who i loved he didn't really speak english and neither did the dp so it was like this really funny experience of being in this like bubble of like prepping out loud things that i i don't always get to do but i actually fell in love working with a non-English speaking crew because then all your thoughts are just about like the character you're not hearing all their noise so you're just concentrated and they gave us a bitch and per diem we had like $80 a day you can't spend $80 a day in Bulgaria and we were staying at um, a really lovely hotel and 
um, the crew, or not the crew, but the cast was all from London. And we would go out when we were done shooting, if it wasn't a night shoot, and go to the karaoke bar with these like big Russian gangsters and these super <laughs> Bulgarian Eastern European girls. It was a very crazy experience. It was, I, I look at that and I knew then I was like, this is a, this is a good one. This is really special. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. It was so fun. It went from winter to spring. So I had never seen weather change. So it went from snowing to watching the, the first blooms off the tree. And I had this big, beautiful hotel. And I got to watch the flowers, actually. It turned to springtime. I didn't. I wasn't aware weather did that so quickly. Great. But um, it was beautiful. So I cried. I'll tell you, when I the last scene I shot, I just burst into tears after they wrapped me. Everyone was crying and then I didn't even get the blood and the makeup fully off my face and they were putting me in a car to get back on the plane um, because we were running a little bit late. So I like flew with like blood still down my back and like parts of my face still covered with like, <laughs> it was gnarly. They, I, the last day I filmed, I filmed for like 23 hours straight. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. They can do that. So Absolutely. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great though. <laughs> um, when you were uh, when, when you have found out about the role for Wrong Turn Six, were you, were you aware of the previous five movies? Like, what did you like them or? I had seen the first one. I I only knew it was like it was a big deal part in L.A. because. Um, they were taking, they wanted you to be SAG eligible or non-union so right. you could go and film over. So like a lot, everyone who was an actress who had done some work knew about the part, but they didn't release what franchise it was. But I had two directors who contacted me. It was very weird. It was like a part that was meant to be mine, I, I suppose, because I had two directors contact me and they said, Sadie you're so perfect for this character. Like it's from wrong turn, this franchise. And if you do it, it's going to be really good for your, for you career wise. And so I actually got both of those directors to write the producer um, and the casting director, a letter saying that I was good to work with and easy. And I wasn't even right. supposed to know the title of it. And I've never done that since this was like an extra, circumstance I, they also you know there's so much damn nudity in this they don't want you to get to bulgaria and back out right so you know i did it and i felt like i was going to get the part even though everybody was like there was at least 50 girls just for my time slot there but um so when i did that and then they they wanted to give it to they wanted to do the whole cast in um london so it would be cheaper to have them there and they didn't have to deal with LA. So okay. self and Aquila Zoll were the only Americans and they uh, kind of held me to the last minute. They were trying to find someone else to play my character and they kept saying, well, we got to get them to approve you. We got to get them to approve you. And they're like, the producers like Jeff is like, I'm really, really um, rooting that you get the part, but they don't 20th century Fox doesn't want to, doesn't want to use you. Cause they'll just, they want to use someone from this theater school in London that they were right. taking everyone from. So they knew each other. 
And then when they called me, it was like super stuff. They're like, we can't find anyone crazy enough to play this character. And, and they had to have the, you know, West Virginian accent. No one from England could do that accent. So I think it was meant to be. I was meant to play a deranged cannibal who wants to have sex with my brother in front of him <laughs> and kill his friends and eat them. <laughs> that was my part. I was destined to play. <laughs> when you first got the script, you know, they didn't let me have the script until I had it. And then they made me like sign all these confidentiality agreements and reading it, Frank Woodward's script for the first time, I was like, Oh my God, I, I was like, I can't believe I have to do all this stuff <laughs> in front of people. So that was like, I had to call my, my lovely 12 year old son in the room and sit him down and be like, I got to tell you something about this job mom's doing. <laughs> oh man. We binge watched The Wrong Turns together, which you should not watch with your family, but for some people do. And he came in and out of the room and he's like, he's like, this is the craziest horror franchise ever. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it's the craziest franchise. And now they're remaking Wrong Turn 1. So unfortunately, we, they, I think they bought back the rights to redo it. So I don't know if we'll ever do a Wrong Turn 7 with that scene. I don't know if I'll get to play my character again, which is... Which makes me really sad, but, you know, also excited that other people will be introduced to the franchise because that means they'll watch the other ones then, too. So, of course, of course yeah. yeah. It all works out. Totally, totally. Uh, there's there's definitely a lot of... Uh... A lot of that going on in the, in the horror franchise, particular. A lot of uh, remakes going on. So, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's good and it's bad. Like you said, that's an absolutely great point. That is, it's going to show that to a new audience potentially and whole new set of fans. So. Yeah, you know, either people love reboots or they hate them, but either way, it draws attention to like the first, the original. I mean, some reboots I don't really find to be that necessary. The first wrong turn is. Elijah Dushku, like you're gonna get better than that. I mean, that's why there's the the franchise. But I want to see it because uh, it, it will be interesting. Be interesting to see whether or not they let the bad guys win or not. But that's the whole thing about Wrong Turn is the bad guys always win. Yeah. I mean that yeah. that was like revolutionary when they did that because that wasn't normal. You're, yeah. yeah, you're right. That's that's not normal. And it's just such a gnarly franchise, and I love it. It's, you know, it's, I, I don't know if I fully understood the franchise, like, completely um, until I saw Wrong Turn 6 and in big screening theater for the premiere in L.A. And there was, like, I don't know, 600 people in the audience. And every right. time there was a pill, everyone would cheer. Yeah! <laughs> Very funny, because I hadn't seen some of the kills. They didn't let me see all of the script. So... Right. Like, Wrong Turn, you, for me, I only got parts of the script, but the kills were blacked out because that's a big thing in, in it. So, like, one of the characters gets his gets pumped full of water and then his ass explodes. Yep. He told us on set how he got killed. He wouldn't tell us. <laughs> but I realized watching it in the theater how the kills are different than other movies. They're really fun. I think Final Destination's like that. Final Destination is like very fun kills. But Wrong yeah. Turn's like 
whole other level of like it's it's its own thing i mean it was like that i mean they're definitely like gore porn like i, I don't mean porn that way but they have a lot yeah. more sexual content but there's also sort of like a cheekiness to it that right. is fun you know i mean they're really fucked up though like, you're like this who <laughs> Wrote like Hunter and Five, I think, is the most demented. Like, the girl ends up on the side of the road, like blind and deaf, and then gets picked up by uh, and you're just like, <laughs> I, I, I know what you're talking no, about. I haven't seen, I haven't seen Ron Turn Five in a while, but yeah, you're just like, Oh my god, it's like picking her up <laughs> for a lifetime of torture. You're like, And that's the end of the movie, and they go away in the truck. And you go, Oh my god, I need to watch that one. I think I've gotten as far as three. Yeah, well, they all are. They they change the director at the end uh, for the one I was I did. So mm -hmm. it's a very different style of movie. Than mm -hmm. And a lot of the fans really loved it. Some of them were like, you know, that wasn't what they wanted. They wanted to stick with what Duncan had done. Um, I think it's kind of cool because it set it up to, like, where did these guys come from and and everything. But, you know, um, the interesting thing is the reason the guys can't, don't talk is they're stuntmen, you know, the three brothers, right. and they don't speak English. They're beautiful. They're gorgeous <laughs> men, too. But, and they just switch. Like, they just switch their roles. So um, it'll, that will be interesting when they relaunch it to see how they do that and the makeup and if they go as far, if they make them look more realistic. I, I'm thinking of, like live tweeting when i watch it or something oh yeah that'd be fun yeah so you were talking about how um some remakes shouldn't have happened and, and i i agree to that because there's some that are, are a lot that have not lived up to the original but there are very few that have surpassed the original um so could you name like um like one that you thought that was better than the original and one that sucked okay let's see um i thought it wasn't very good so I'm gonna throw that out there, only because I don't know if it was because the TV version when I was a kid was so terrifying. Right. I just don't think you get a better, you know, Pennywise than that. And I'm trying to think of what's a remake that I loved. See, isn't that harder to do? I'm trying to think. Totally. I mean, yeah. the the new Friday the Thirteenth were pretty good, but those weren't remakes; they were continuing. Most of the scary movies were also scary too, and like not digital. Imagine remaking like the Exorcist TV show is never that scary compared to the original Exorcist, which is terrifying. Um, so I don't know what. <laughs> One remake that I could say that surpassed all of them, what, or, or the original, I should say. Um, was The Hills Have Eyes. That was a really good one. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, that's too scary for me. That's probably why I didn't see it. That's a scary yeah, series. It, it is. It scared the shit out of me because I went to go see it with my cousin and his girlfriend when it came out in the theaters. And I smoked before I went in there. So I, I usually smoke when I go watch a movie, right? Mm -hmm. But I try not to get too high with the horror movies because they're, they're intense sometimes. And this movie did not disappoint. There was uh, – because these people were deformed, right, like in, like in the original one. Um, so you got this dude that's, you know, looking for his kid in the house and this big deformed guy just comes through the wall out of nowhere and just starts beating the, the loving shit out of him. And it, it's, it's intense and it's just the way that they act and um, one of them raped one of the daughters and it, it's a crazy movie. 
Yeah, it's like, I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the first one, I remember being so terrified when I watched that movie. Mm-hmm. It just like, it flipped my brain out for a long time. But I mean, those are movies, I think they redid Texas Chainsaw Massacre and it oh, wasn't yeah. It was like, so all the girls, you know, one of the things that they do is when they redo these movies, they, they get girls that look like Instagram models and they're not as scary to watch because they don't lose their mind. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're not like drooling and screaming and crying. They're like, they're pretty crying. And right. <laughs> you know, that's not as scary. It's, it's to me, I'm like, like I saw, um, I just watched it on the plane is uh, hide and seek. But they made her eyes bigger. They did like this weird, she's already this gorgeous, I mean, she's gorgeous. But they they made her eyes, they did this thing where they CGI'd and made her features just even bigger. Is that right? Yeah, well, I ended up Googling about it because I was like, I was like, why does she, I go, she can't look like that. She looks like an Instagram app. And then when I Googled it, I found that they had like made everything a little bit more. And um, it was really kind of not as, it was such a great movie. It's a good movie, right. but it, it wasn't as scary. It was more fun. And, totally. Which is fine. Some some horror films are fun just to, or either fun or like super scary, but Hills Have Eyes, hell no. Like that, <laughs> maybe I could watch it on a Sunday at like 10 o'clock in the morning when I have a long time to forget about it. So with the with the new It movie, that's what I didn't like about it. It was so much CGI and not enough practical effects like the original. So that that's what scared me. Not only the nostalgia of it because I saw it as a kid, but also because there weren't there wasn't CGI like that back then. Um, so it was all more realistic. And and I think that's um, nowadays what a lot of horror movies are missing because they all just revert to CGI. Like uh, like Terrifier, he uses a lot of like practical effects in that movie. And yeah. it's scary because of everything that happens, all the kills. So, I mean, that's... Okay. It's... I just saw that. I actually went on another podcast where uh-huh. it's like horror, where you get stoned and then you talk about the movie for Dread no. Central. Mm-hmm. And I'd never seen Terrifier ever. And so they got me really high really quickly. <laughs> you know, that's the point of the show. Like, in the morning i don't smoke weed in the morning you know and so it's not because they're filming all day you know their podcast and then they put on terrifier and i'm like (gasps) like (laughs) i wanted to complain about how horrible it was like scary and violent it was towards women but then i remembered the movies i have done but when he slices that girl in half (laughs) and his makeup i mean if you want to me that's one of the scariest films i've seen in a long time because it's not died and it looks good and i don't know if i have the guts to like i i don't know if i could ever watch that by myself (laughs) we actually had david howard thornton on a a couple months back um so yeah he was uh talking about you know briefly talking about the new terrifier too um, they were about halfway done recording it, so I'm excited to see what they're doing. They're gonna do with it because he says the kills are bigger and better. So totally. Well, that clown is the best clown I've I've ever seen besides Pennywise. But yeah. He's truly demented. You know when he goes in the bathroom and he everywhere. Yeah. He, that's that <laughs> is really scary. I mean, because then you're like, oh, this guy's an animal. Like he's yeah, there's nothing. Totally. Like he's got no 
range of being a good person and like and you know there's not a huge b story there's not a lot going on it's just this guy is killing people really horribly who are not great people and it is that it's scary so i know number two i think my friend felissa rose is in it yes. and i was so jealous when she told me i was like oh it's so great so i can't wait to see it i wonder if it might get a limited theatrical like the first one was such a cult film it, and it is so good it is so good totally it, i mean it's horrible to watch like it's <laughs> <laughs> there's something you're right about like it being practical and right. having some rawness in the film and also sometimes uh you know back in the 80s ever the girls were like if you were in a horror film, the girls were a little bit like, um, uh, like Happy Death Day. Like how they weren't like super anorexically skinny. Right. They were like the cool chick who was like drinking beer and being crazy. And then you knew she was in for trouble. Now movies, when they ever they redo it, they they give you something else, and you're like, yeah, but that's not what a horror film isn't supposed to be. That although there's some exceptions, like um, The Ring is really great. And yeah, that's pretty good. American version and the Japanese version. Totally. Both super fucking scary. Naomi oh. Watts, great. Like, she's so scary. That movie is so scary. I think foreign movies, I just saw this one that I keep telling everyone about called The Glass Coffin. And that's from Spain. Heard of it. Oh, it's dope. The girl is trapped in a limo and she's an actress to get a Lifetime Achievement Award. I think foreign films that are horror films. I think are scarier because you're reading the subtitles, but they kind of put you off kilter and they have a different way. Like when I did Megan, one thing that was cool because it was shot in Italy is they don't do any shot that isn't stylistically done, which makes for a lot of work filming. Like while mm -hmm. you're filming, you're like, can't I just go in, go to the goddamn sink, you know, cut vegetables and you like do a, a master shot do a white <laughs> bit. no they've got to have like a crane in and it's <laughs> and you're doing it from all these angles and i'm like i'm like every shot is like this like there's no there you know they have every shot super super planned that's what makes the movie so much scarier and makes you feel like you're like in the room like kind of sneaking glances yeah, so it's a really effective technique. You're you're absolutely right. The, the, the Italian style of filmmaking is just yeah. something else, man. Yeah. yeah. They're all like very too like, nah, this is the only way you make a film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they, <laughs> they have rules on everything. Yeah, they have rules on like their food. Have you ever been to Italy? Like, they're no. you you can't eat like fish with pasta. You don't eat at the same time. And like, right. if you do that, the reaction is hilarious because it's like, they're so old school in a way. They're like, what is it doing? And everyone <laughs> at the table is like, you can't eat chicken and pasta at the same time. And you're like, yeah, I'm just putting it on the table. I'm an adult, I can do what I want. <laughs> but they're completely like, you know, eating salad even before your meal. It's like, what are you doing? Or eggs for breakfast. So they're the same way, like eggs for breakfast, they laugh. It would be like the equivalent 
I don't well, I feel like we don't really have stuff like that. Like you can eat cold pasta for breakfast or pizza or yeah. you know, a donut or a steak and eggs. Like mm-hmm. we have no rules with our food. We're disgusting. Yeah. But their rules are like it blows their mind and they literally will not accept anything else but that. Which is kind of how their filmmaking is. They're exactly. like, no, it has to be this way. It's gotta be this beautiful shot that's been created. Which is cool, you know. So since you filmed in, in different sets, different countries, things like that, what is one thing about the uh, the film industry that you would change, um, whether it's positive or negative? Oh boy, that's a great question. Um, I think the hardest thing is if you're doing indie films, mm-hmm. that the pay rate can vary a lot. Right, and right. the problem is it's not really what you get back that is, is not always great because you don't get residuals on a film. I'm really lucky because I am able to make a, a separate deal. But I think for a lot of actors just starting off, they do a lot of free work, you know, for copy mills and credit. And I would really change how dis- distributors work. I, I really think, uh, you know, the film distributors are the reason why it's like a trickle down effect. You go, they must be making money from these movies. Um, so that makes it difficult. There's a lot of stuff that I think could be bad. Right. I mean, there's so many films being made and some films, the barrier is, you know, including films that I've been in some of them. I'm like, how'd they sell this film? So it's like the people have the connections or selling the film to this. So it's not always the, the best films that actually get like at Walmart and get at, like Redbox and get out to the general, you know, people. So I wish there was a little bit more um, barrier of entry rather than like, look, if you if you can raise money, then you can make a film. But it doesn't then all of a sudden you're a director. And that's sometimes I feel unfair to the people who are really talented and maybe yeah. not great at raising money. I mean, that's a problem. You have like writers and directors who are kind of hermits. And if they're in the indie world, they're not really like around the scene or around people with who have money or they have family or something, they're not as able to do something as, as like some schmuck who's not a great director who keeps like pilfering off their talent, not paying the talent, but distributes stuff. That's a long kind of varied answer, but I no, like yeah, no, that's power. that's all definitely good. And and I agree with that part that you know, people that are just breaking out and are working for free there should be some kind of median for them as far as um even if it's you know even if it's a minor film or anything like that there should be a base pay for everybody even if it's hourly you know what i mean at least guaranteed some kind of pay because you still have to make a living at the end of the day yeah gas like i mean i did films for free for a long time for coffee mills and credit years ago you know over a decade ago to build up my reel but um i think now I'll see some stuff sometimes and I'm like, they're asking, you know, girls to do nudity for, you know, that, that was unheard of before that you would not even ask that, um, you know, you'd have to minimum get a, a, a day rate of $200 a day minimum. So mm-hmm. I think 
SAG, the same way the Actors' Equity with theater protected um, actors who were working at small theaters that were under 99 seats, I think SAG should be helping um, in these non-union films for actors that are just starting that will potentially be there. You know, these are people that are going to later on be in SAG and buy into their union. But um, I think there should be at least some kind of, of barrier. Yeah. And, and you have Actors Access and now casting. Like, like anyone can post there. You know, yeah. a, a lot of times, too, people don't realize that actors do like to do a, a video audition. It takes a long time. It's like. First of all, you're supposed to memorize it. Then you have to get a reader. Then you have it set up, and then you—it's—it's a—it's an afternoon, and yeah, right. and a lot of navigating. And a lot of times, those films don't even have the money. It's like they're looking for you to do an LOI, and so you spend all this time, and they get you know 200 videos, 300 videos, and they don't watch all of them. And you're so you're there's a lot in this industry right now that's like it's kind of seems like a weird thing where you go, okay, well, <laughs> did they even watch my video? Is it yeah. like that you get cast in something and they're like, oh, well, um, we cast you, but we, we don't have the financing yet. Yeah, this, this is almost kind of like the same when people in the 80s and 90s would send in their uh, their mixtapes to the to the record industries and hoping they would listen to it. Wow. Um, yeah, totally. Unfortunately, music has gotten even harder for yeah. Clear Channel. Like, I, I feel bad for musicians. You just go, like, unless you go on American Idol, you're kind of fucked, which is ridiculous. I mean, it killed the L.A. music scene. It's, I mean, it still exists, but no one's getting picked up and discovered, really. Now yeah. you could do YouTube fame, so, which then, you know, leads to something else. I'm a little bit behind the curve on that. <laughs> like YouTube's my only account that I probably could do well with that I don't pay much attention to on accident. So, because I'm so busy on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter that I have a bunch of YouTube. I just, like, I'm like, I'm not a beauty blogger, so I don't know how to navigate it. Yeah, I never understood those. Like, my sister, she'll sit there for hours and watch those beauty tips and tricks and i'm like what what are you doing why is this happening for, for eight I, or ten hours straight i i see girls and i'm like you're 14 and your makeup you look like a supermodel and yeah. i'm like they're getting tips i didn't i barely knew how to crimp my hair i got a crimper when i was younger and i didn't know <laughs> where to start it there was no like instruction man you had like a three-page book and that's it Really the, the tiny little text. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a different time. But I think at least there's opportunities for people if they work hard enough to put their hat in the the ring in their hat in the ring. Yeah. 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 Ring in the hat. Ring in the hat. Throw their hat in the ring. Hat in the ring. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the industry has it's it's changed for a lot of people with the digital age, like I give it another 30 or 40 years and they're not even going to need actors anymore. They're just going to take your head, paste it on a body and put you in the movie. Vin Diesel will be doing movies for the next 200 years. I guarantee it. <laughs> I, well, I, I think that's the weird thing is there's not really 
there's not really superstars anymore. Like, especially US really young kids, like they don't even know who Julia Roberts is, but there's, there's no such thing as like super A-list actors once those right. actors are done because like there's so many, the other day I was walking on Melrose, um, my fiance Miles and we saw this this uh, girl come out of a nail salon and these girls were like very excited like I admire you so much and I I was looking and I went oh she's probably like a YouTube person so like this YouTube person is like famous to five million people but I have no idea who she is and like I mean they're in like their own culture of they're famous for like Goofy, you watch their videos and I'm like, like what happens to these people? Where do they go? Maybe they end up in movies. Let's hope not. But you know, it is really weird. It's it's like definitely a strange thing because you're right. Then then they start de-aging like Robert De Niro, and you go, this is how desperate we are, like to have more Robert De Niro. We're like de-aging him. Like don't go because <laughs> who else is Robert De Niro? Like maybe Leo. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, Brad Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. You're yeah. like there's a lot of gangsters. Is Brad Pitt a gangster? I don't think so. Yeah, true. Like, yeah that's that's very true. Around chicks and changing his hair color for them for years. Like he always looks just like his girlfriend, whoever he's dating. Not that he's not great, but you know. maybe he needs a mustache. <laughs> he needs a oh mustache. yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I I I don't think I really thought of that. But there is no like. Robert De Niro or Pacino no. or Joe Pesci and no, there's Zac Efron. So, there's yeah, Zac. There's... like I mean, and the problem <laughs> is, those guys were already kind of gangster when they were back in the day. You know, like they had a gangster quality. Like Zac Efron never was gangster. I mean, that's why like Brad Pitt and George Clooney were never like gangster because they were actors. Right. So you're like, what else were you? You were just an actor. Like, that's all you you were. And you were like a, a sweet actor who like, you're not gangster. So we're not <laughs> we're not gonna have those bad boys. That's yeah. true. Now I that know. I said Zach Efron, did, did either of y'all ever watch um the Ted Bundy movie that he made? See if he did, did a good yes. job or not? Yes. And he's creepy. Yeah. Really? He, he is he is creepy. He did a pretty good job. Did you see it? I have not seen it yet. Is yeah, it on Netflix? Yeah, it's a Netflix okay. original. Yeah. I need to watch it. What what is it? It's like beautiful, horribly beautiful, disgustingly wickedly. <laughs> yeah, wickedly <laughs> wickedly <laughs> handsome. Pretty yeah, much. <laughs> it was actually good though. It was good. And he it, yeah. he's kind of like tried to get rid of the fact that he happens to be that like stereotypical, like but still, yeah, he's never gonna be a badass. But totally. Yeah, you know who I'm waiting. Uh, what's his face? Um, Adam Driver. He hasn't done a horror film, and he could probably be really scary if you think about it. Yeah. Right? Because he's you... got like he's got like a menacing quality. Do you remember yeah. Williams when he did um, poor Robin Williams? But when he did the 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 photo movie where he oh, yes. one hour yes. photo. And it was so weird and scary to see him because you were like, why is he doing this movie? I'm so creeped out right now. But Adam Driver has that like energy where he should be playing like he could he could do something great. 
I don't like them in Star Wars because I'm not a big fan of the new ones. But well, they they made him like very emo and complacent throughout the whole movie. That's what I didn't like about <laughs> it. Like he was just like a whiny bitch throughout the whole three movies. <laughs> All he did was complain, complain, complain. It never stopped. I was like, can we just cut back to like Chewbacca or something? Because I'm tired of this complaining. Yeah, I just I just did the ride at Star Wars though. Oh, how was this? Um, not the really big one, the one where you like all are in the Millennial Falcon. Yeah, and we got, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. okay. It's really hard. I mean, it's hard in a fun way. Like the the problem was um, Miles and I. He was got to be a driver. We we like had a family behind us, so we had to team up with them, and we had to like low key pretend like we didn't want to be the drivers. So. The, the Disney people are like picking everybody and then they're standing there awkwardly and we're looking at them and we're like, um, yeah, we'll, we'll drive. It's cool. We'll be the drivers. So they, they made the, the dad and the kid be the gunners and then them in the back be the mechanics to old ladies. Well, I'm steering one side, my fiance is steering the other, but it actually controls the thing. So think of like how Star Tours was. So if you don't go to the left or right, the whole thing shakes. So every time you screw up, everybody on the thing knows <laughs> that you are like not good at driving and they don't train you how to drive at all. So you're just like, oh my God, it, it was pretty cool. I got a little bit sick from my own driving. Uh, oh, wow. My <laughs> did well, he was, he was like controlling and going, up and down and forward and I was doing left and right and um you see yeah. all those years of gaming pays off I know well they should have trained me a little bit I was like I could have done better had I had like two minutes of feeling out the steering it was really fun though that was nice good. that and, sounds like a lot of fun yeah and the cantina was kind of cool it's kind of cool to have a drink in like a Star Wars themed like the drink wasn't good it was like $18 and you know, like how much do you want to drink at Disneyland and go on a roller coaster? Not that much. Did y'all see Greedo there? I did it. That's funny. That sounds like a lot of fun. Did, hey, did, uh, did they let y'all wear like any kind of like gear while you're doing it as far as like a helmet or anything? That would be cool, but that would also be very, very bad for the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hold on, put on this helmet. <laughs> no, that would be cool. Put it on. I just sneezed in it. Here, take it. Yeah, no, no, it's funny. They sold all these like really cool costumes, but they don't allow you to wear them in the park. The right, Star Wars right. part of the park is definitely a little more um, like it feels a little more like the Renaissance Fair because it doesn't really feel like Disneyland as much. And like the, the characters are walking out, walking around, kind of having conversations, you know, which is fun. But I mean, so, I'm not really a fan of the new Star Wars, so it's hard for me to like. I I don't know all the characters, but right, I right. I appreciate it because I've seen enough. Princess Leia, maybe Queen Amidala, and that's it. Do you think all all horror fans have to be into Star Wars, right? It kind of like spills over in geekdom. I think, I think it's it a does. prerequisite. Yeah. Yeah. Like not necessarily with Star Trek, though. You know, I've, I've noticed that. I mean, it's it's um, it's maybe closer to 50-50, but I actually hear a lot of more horror fans lean more towards Star Wars and a few towards um, Star Trek. Yeah, like you're a sci-fi fan if you like Star Trek. 
And if you like Star Wars, you're a horror fan. Maybe. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, the, I, I agree with that. There's, there's... Towards towards horror fans. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch that. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of, a lot of crossover. I think, yeah, Star Star Trek, like Trekkies are like really they're in the Star Trek fandom. Yeah. I also noticed uh, nothing really else. Yeah. I've also noticed a lot of uh, horror fans are into Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Well, maybe because like horror is basically fantasy. I yeah. Mean, you know, like definitely there's it's like fantasy nightmare. Yeah. You know, unless you watch one of those uh, those um, realistic movies like The Strangers, where it's like a home invasion. Those are those are kind of scary on their own because those are things that could really happen. I I actually like those. I actually wrote a script based on like a true thing that that we didn't end up getting sold because the script was so gnarly. Uh, it was just oh, bad content, but it was such a, a crazy story of, about a home invasion and like these these crackheads like just coming in and terrorizing these church going like young twenty year olds couples because they they assumed they had money but they right. didn't they had a safe or something and they were all cracked out and they stole their christmas tree they stole all their christmas presents stole um the they raped the girls and everything uh made them like they had couples and they made them sleep with each other so wow. it like ruined the friendship and they just went along with it because it's a true story because um in wichita kansas the they were so religious they kept thinking god was going to help them and then right. when god didn't and they took them out and killed them and but one girl crawled away in the snow and, and they and like naked went to a house and got help but that to me was like i read the police transcript for that and i was like this is so scary because it could happen and it's bad humanity like definitely yeah Fuck. That, yeah that would be a gnarly movie yeah so i don't know <laughs> maybe maybe one day yeah the the script has more substance and like you know there's there's a message kind of cool behind it but the strangers is scary like that's but you know the purge is really i love the purge if you consider it horror even though it feels like we're purge adjacent right now right yeah <laughs> I, I hope not is the the purge is considered a horror film yeah, still that's sort yeah, of I'd, I'd consider that a horror movie um was it ethan hawks in the first one right well the first one's definitely like a horror film yeah and i think they've kind of turned into like these different like visual anti movies with some scary elements but the first yeah. one scary the, the first one though was oh, i was it, it was unreal and then that's when ethan Hawke was coming out in like a lot of like sort of horror movies because he did um sinister as well did you ever see sinister yeah I love him. yeah he's great because you don't expect him to be in a horror film yep. so so there's something about him that's like super watchable because he he takes it like super serious and is very masculine so like when something like that happens to someone who's really like manly i think it's scarier than 
when you have like you know the young dude who's like a dumb jock that's right. scared not really but you're like if ethan hawk can't beat the bad guys we're fucked yeah yeah i think i got through the second one i think that's where i stopped no they're great you gotta finish once you're into a franchise you gotta finish it off didn't they um make a tv series as well or they're making one yeah, yeah. but you know what it was kind of it's kind of cheap i, oh, I okay. saw right. it the production value was really low and uh -huh. i i was like they could do better than this it, but i don't know why they didn't put more money in it it was just they, it, it's hard to do something like that as big as you want it when it was still in like it's not like a post-apocalyptic I can never say this for my <laughs> elliptic world. It's not like Walking Dead where like you don't need yeah. these elaborate set pieces. The Purge, you kind of still need some futuristic stuff and it, it doesn't look great. I, oh, okay, okay. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope the series actually gets better and people tell me differently. And I, I take my son and those are like movies we have to see in the movie theater. I have right. no idea if we love them, but they're so good. They're, they're, they're to me like a really fun, that's a fun thriller horror film. Scary, but also like something where you're giggling during parts. Right. And hopefully the good guys win sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you gone to go see the new Invisible Man yet? No. Oh, it is so good. I highly recommend it. They, uh, they went a different direction from the original one, but I like the direction that they took with it. Oh, so okay, so that's that's a remake we like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Wh what I can tell you about it is so so the uh, the original Invisible Man is about the actual guy and and how he became the Invisible Man, when this one is actually about the woman that he torments. Uh, so it's it's more it's more about her than him. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's got a lot of jump scares, but I would I would put it more along the lines of sci-fi thriller. Oh, cool. Which is but what them man is yeah 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 so i mean it's it's really good it's got some jump scares some creepy moments um to where you know you don't know if he's in the room or not and you know when you find out it's the the music in the background gives it that depth and that effect and mm -hmm. it, it's really good i like it oh good all right i'll check it out yeah definitely it's a girl in it Who uh, the one it's from the handmaid's tale handmaid's tale yeah elizabeth moss Elizabeth Moss, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. She yeah, did really well in that movie. She did she did phenomenal. Yeah. She's good in Handmaid's Cell. Yeah. 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 How many TV shows there have been that have pissed me off because they canceled them too early? Especially the sci-fi channel. They're known for that. Like they yeah. canceled Dark Matter and Stargate and all that way before they were supposed to. And did you just kinda got left with, you know, what happens next. Yeah, what about the Joss Sweden one? Um, oh, so uh, was that Firefly? Firefly, yeah. yes. That one was only one season, no? Yeah. Fox used to be the worst. They they would get you addicted to a show, and then, like, before the first season ended, they would cancel it, and you go. Like, I was super into it. I stopped watching their shows because I was like, no. Now, I don't watch anything unless there's, like, 25 episodes that I can binge. Right. Which I'm watching Breaking Bad for the first time ever. Oh, wow. you're going to love that. I am. I'm on season two, like episode two, and I'm like, oh, my God. There's some it's, intense moments in it. It's almost too much sometimes because I'm like, is this guy just going to have like one? I want him to have a good day. And, 
I'm like, can mm -hmm. we have one episode where like things work out? Because <laughs> you're like, it's 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 kind of a sad show, but you're like, damn, can you have like a day where everything's good? I don't want conflict for one episode. I can't take it. Mm. <laughs> you're, you're gonna be waiting quite a while for one episode with a conflict. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we're bonded now. I feel like we're <laughs> Dude, so I I better I better go and call my son. Uh, yeah, of course. They're amazing. Yeah, no <laughs> so, worries. Dude. So, what do you think? Do you watch more horror during a time like this, or do you find yourself wanting to watch comedy, or is it just a mix? I think it's a mix. I think it's a mix because at yeah. times, um, you know, you've I I'm I'm more um between horror, uh, horror and sci-fi. So I kind of mix the two up, but then I've got to jump to comedy because I, I don't know. I mean, I can only watch so much hours of horror or sci-fi and I have to change it up. So I always change it up with comedy because, you know, it gives you that break to laugh and um, yeah. joke around. And that's usually when I'll, you know, reload the bong and, and just get right back into the comedy part. But, um, but yeah, I, I would say it's a mixture of all three. If, if when we live through this, if we live through this, um let's let's do another let's do a recap after absolutely after. yeah after my absolutely okay, i can be 300 pounds but if i am don't you judge me all right <laughs> no it's, it's okay we're all going to be in the same boat because there's plenty of you guys are great thank you you're thanks Th thanks Sadie. we really appreciate it and stay I've... safe and yes and... all right yeah. have a good one all right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. So at this point, Sadie did have to leave the interview. She had to ensure that her family were okay. And we completely understand that. Uh, we'll definitely have a follow-up with her uh, later on. That's definitely something we look forward to. If you don't already, please follow her on Instagram. It's going to be at Sadie Katz. She's just recently brought out a movie called Megan that she was talking about earlier. Uh, it's available to rent on Vimeo. You can get that information from her bio on Instagram. So here's a little anecdote from uh, before we officially start the show that I think is going to leave everyone in, uh, let's just say, high spirits. Peace and love from Hellhounds of Horror, and have a great one. There's something kind of fun about, you know, when you used to get weed, you'd like do the pass off and you feel like, you know, look around outside. <laughs> Now you're just going to like a, a, a pharmacy, they call the pharmacy. There's hot girls behind the counter, that's nice. Right, yeah, it's less sketchy. <laughs> See, and, and that's that's probably what gets me is that I'm afraid to go to my first dispensary because I'm going to feel like I'm not going to get the same rush out of it because when I go to a sketchy guy's house and, you know, you knock on the door, you don't know them, but, you know, you're, you, you want to get that bag of weed and um they answer the door it's that weird awkward stare nobody says nothing there's just the handoff and then you just walk away and then your your heart's kind of like you know i hope the cops don't see me and and do you ask the guy if he wants to have a hit of weed like you know really old school you used to like you know maybe smoke a little bit with your dealer this one guy that i go to because we used to work together a few years back um so i go to his house and he gets it from colorado right but he always has these pre-rolls. He, he likes to mix weed because he gets like a certain high when he mixes certain ones. So he likes to experiment. Oh, wow. So he's all, dude, I just put these six different weeds together in this pre-roll. Let's smoke it. And I'm like, but I, I got I'm an Uber driver, right? So I'm like, but I, I got to get back on the road. Nah, come sit down. Let's smoke it. I was like, all right, fine. 
fine. So we sit there, and then I end up couch locked at his house for like two or three hours. So yep. yeah. And then he he collects like a lot of action figures, like Marvel stuff like that. And then we revert into little eight year olds, and we're there playing with these action figures on his on his uh, shelves and stuff like that. But that's that's what's nice about it. I yeah, mean, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> when I was in my twenties, I remember there was this kid. And him and his girlfriend were, you know, they were dealers, but they would come by and they wouldn't leave. So they would be like, yeah, dude, we'll drop it off. And then they just like stay. Oh, and like, I remember one time I went to bed cause I like, I was young, I wasn't that great at smoking weed. And I get up in the morning and he's like passed out on the couch with his girlfriend. And I'm like, why is our drug dealer here? Like <laughs> in our living room, but he was a really sweet kid and then he ended up going to jail for like two years <laughs> and then wow. i don't i don't know how much he actually did i wasn't like super hip or i didn't try weed till i was 23 so i wasn't like super hip to it at all but yeah that's i remember the first time i got weed somebody i went outside and this girl had a magazine and it was folded in the <laughs> in the magazine so she handed it and I was like, oh, 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 oh my God, looking around. And then they handed the magazine back and there was weed in it. And I could, I was almost throwing up on the way back to the apartment. I was like, this is the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's and just like the movies. California, yeah, it's so legal. There was this one time, so um, this is probably one of the first times that I ever scored weed, right? So I go with these two guys and it's probably my sophomore year of, of, of high school. And these dudes were known at school for being, you know, those guys, you know, they were always partying, they were always smoking, they were the, they were the, I guess, lowlifes or the troublemakers, whatever. So I'm going with these guys because it's one of the first few times that I'm buying a bag of weed. So they're taking me there and they thought that they would mess with me, right? So they get off and they said, just leave the car running. He goes, <laughs> if something happens, if we come running out, just we're going to dive in the car, you reverse, let's get out of here because the guy's got a gun, right? <laughs> so I was like... Okay, so I'm I'm new to this, so my heart's you know da 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 da. These assholes came running out of the house, yelling, "Let's go, let's get the fuck out of here!" Da da da. And they jump in the car, and me scared as shit, I popped it in reverse. I had one of those old S10 Blazers, and the tires were just moving because they were bald, and I was literally. Going <laughs> I was going nowhere. It was just slowly moving in reverse like that. And finally, I caught traction. I came out of there and we're taking off. And the guy comes running out of the house because I'm making all that noise outside, you know, peeling out in his driveway. And he comes out with a gun. And that's what made it all even more, like, realistic, right? So as I'm speeding away from the house, they're laughing their asses off. And they were all, this worked out so perfectly. Homeboy came out with a gun. <laughs> And they told me that they were just messing with me. They just ran back to the car. They didn't expect all that extra shit to happen. So it kind of just worked out. It scared the shit out of me. It really did. You still smoked. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we went back to my house. We rolled the blunt. It was good. You know, <laughs> we, had a, we had a really good laugh for about two yeah. hours. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I never I never had that experience of, like, going to a dealer's house or, like, going to a drug deal, right? So I was very, like, green to all of that. So uh, I think it was maybe like three or four months ago. In Canada here, it's not in stores everywhere yet. So you can only buy it from the government website. And they mail it to you, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. You have to go 
what you have to do is you have to take your ID, go to the post office, because they don't deliver straight to your house, they deliver it to the nearest post office. Then you need to go in and show your ID, confirm it's you, and then they give you it. But then it comes in this little like plastic jar. You get it from the post office? You get it from the post office, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, hold on. Canada, you, you guys are amazing. <laughs> you guys are freaking amazing. So your government has worked out how to make weed legal, but that mm-hmm. involves the post office. Yep. <laughs> that's, yep. It's, that's phenomenal, right? There. And that's, that's the, how don't so, we all know this? Why don't we know this? I know I was I was as surprised as you, and uh, so, but they've got this they've got this app. I don't know if anyone else uses it, but it's called Weed Maps. And it's, oh, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got yeah. Weed Maps here as well. So you can actually buy from like um, not dispensaries, but they have like weed that they sell in abundance. That's what it's that's what it's like. The guy pulls up in this like beat up car. So you just you text you text your order. And then you go through, and then they drive it to your apartment, and then you make the handoff. So I was expecting that. It feels like a drug deal. Exactly. So I was expecting that. So I had, like, the money, like, rolled up in my hand, ready to shake the guy's hand. (laughs) And I was just like, so I went in and, like, hold my hand out. I'm, like, looking sketchy as fuck, looking around, like, what the hell? Oh, my God, I hope someone doesn't see. So I reach out to shake his hand, and he just looks at me, and he's like... And just pinches the money at my at the palm of my hand, and I was just like, "Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool, man, cool." Yeah, cool. <laughs> it was awful. And he's like, "Is this your is this your first time?" And I was like, "Yeah, first yeah, time. first time." Back to the house, going stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, it's my first time." And then he, he like he's like one sec, so he like reached in. And his like uh, driver's side like compartment pulls out this little like tiny sampler, and then like a loyalty card, and he's like, "There you go." So they have a loyalty card. So it's when a you order, <laughs> yeah. So they've got they've got that, and you get like edibles, and then you get like a free like it was like a free gram of like random weed that they had. So I <laughs> I got I got that plus my my order, but yeah, I'm a, I must have looked like such a little like fucking like a child just standing there's like it's happening it's happening <laughs> and, uh, like folded up nicely so just so i could slip in his hand and he's just like fucking weird though you took your time to fold the money i did yeah i was i was like, walk, like walking around pacing my apartment like right okay what am i gonna say what am i gonna you're do you're practicing what you're gonna say hey yeah. man you know what's really weird is on weed maps when it's like a girl yeah i mean like not not, i'm not being sexist i'm just always surprised when it's like a young pretty girl i'm like not only are you driving around to strangers but you're delivering medicinal marijuana like okay i mean (laughs) we have like uber drivers a lot of them are now females which is like kind of crazy in, in a way because like all of our rules of not talking to strangers is out the window oh yeah but, yeah it's so funny but now we're almost like reverting now we have to be six feet away from everyone exactly yeah <laughs> we're gonna be holding out like giant sticks like <laughs> oh wait no wait you're not you're not six feet away that's only four keep going keep it's it fine. keep it going Everybody's gonna be walking around with yardsticks. At least we're all in it together, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, everyone's everyone's going through the same. Well, I think people in horror are used to it because I'm like, I've been in this movie. I already did this movie. Exactly. I did it. I'm like, I already did a movie that was about a zombie type thing happening, but it was all like, you would get a cold, you'd be unclean. I was the head of, of the cult where we killed everyone who was unclean or who had the cough. So I'm like, I'm like, I kind of already went through this for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I'm not going to burn you alive if you cough now. <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's, that's good to know. Not yet. Not yet. Time. We have time. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks very much for joining us, guys. If you'd like to keep up to date with the Hellhounds, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hellhounds of Horror. There, you can also find links to our individual social media pages. Be sure to give us a follow on your favourite streaming platform to stay up to date with any new episodes. And we're available on Google, Spotify, iTunes, Anchor and more. We'll catch your asses down the road. And remember, you know where you can always find us? Deep in the pits of hell. Ha 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 ha!